Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the second guest show. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beachside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bobby J and I will be on until 6.30 tonight. If you're in the area, come on by. They have their squares up for the Monday night game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can hear that game live right here on the Big 870. At 6.30 tonight, we'll throw it to the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network right here on the Big 870. It'll be the Saints Coaches Show with Mike Hoss, Bobby Bear, Head Coach Dennis Allen, and his guest tonight will be co-defensive coordinator, secondary coach, Chris Richard. We're going to go back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, and we're going to bring in Mike Santigata, uh, who covers the Bengals for SI.com and is also host of It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Mike, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me. Mike, uh, man, a tough loss last night against the Ravens. Man, certainly, I don't know about you, but, boy, I heard it all day. Man, a lot of questioning of Zach Taylor and how he handled the end of that football game. Your thoughts on, man, they've spent a lot of money and a lot of retooling of the Bengals' offensive line, it sort of looks like the same version we had a year ago, to be honest. Yeah, now, Mike, along those lines, I wanted to chime in with that. Look, after giving up 70 sacks through 21 games, uh, what pace are they on? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, because, yeah, Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins and all the gang, they brought them, made changes, but uh, are they still not getting it done or what? So I think uh, it's really inflated by the start of the year where they gave up 13 sacks in the first two games as they're trying to get to know each other. I think it's better than last year, but it's not what they – it's probably not still not what they paid for. Only, I believe, five sacks in the past three weeks, which that's doable. That's great for the Bengals over the past that, like, five years. I'll take years. that. <laughs> I'll take that real so, quick. Yeah. One, of the, one of the guys, too, though, is really a difference maker. Bob and I, well, we think a lot of him, and he got in some trouble. Uh, Joe Mixon, or he'd have been a first-round pick. But, man, is he a hoss as far as a runner and a receiver coming out of the backfield? Oh, man. Yeah, he's so strong. I, he seemed a little bit limpy, hurt uh, the past three weeks. But then this last week, he looked – I'm sure you guys watched because it was a prime yep. time game. He looked great. <laughs> you know, he looked back to his prime self. So, that's something that they have going for them is that the run game looks like it's pretty strong now with Mixon at full health. Now, uh, uh, Mike, would you say, because, you know, uh, there's arguments and um, you might say who's in the conversation, as far as the top uh, trio receivers, would you still put uh, where they're at right now, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, as far as uh, the top three uh, receiving core in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. I I think it's, uh, to me, the best trio in the league, but... 
You need to get Chase going despite all of the uh, extra coverage he's getting. T. Higgins, he's been great when he's healthy. It's just he missed a couple games. And Boyd's there to make a big play once in a while and convert some third downs. But overall, I think as a top three unit, uh, as top three guys, that's one of the best. I mean, to me, the best in the league, but at least one of the best in the league. Now, uh, where are they at, Mike, as far as uh, defensively? Uh, I mean, is it kind of like bend but don't break approach and – uh, boy, there's a lot of familiar uh, faces that uh, that we know of, like uh, uh, Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson, that was part of the Saints. Uh, even uh, Eli Apple, I, th- I still think Eli Apple's a liability. But uh, what is your take on their, uh, where they're at defensively? I think they're in a good spot defensively. Eli Apple, I keep waiting for the shoe to drop, but he's been fine <laughs> for about a year and a half. I just, I don't believe it, you know? <laughs> right. Um, Trey Hendrickson's been awesome, though, so that was a great find. And Von Bell, three picks in the past two weeks, so I think they're doing a good job. They are bend, but don't break, but they'll get a couple turnovers. Mike, I think one of the things, and McPherson is a different breed of cat as a place kicker. Now, they all a little weird. But, man, he, you know, he's kind of in a league on his own. What was so funny is him going to the sidelines to watch Tucker hit the long field goal. And, you know, and him laughing and smiling about it like, oh, man, I know he's going to kick it. We saw him last year uh, during the Super Bowl. He goes sit down and watch the halftime. I guess, <laughs> you know, come on, nobody's going to tell me anything uh, about it. But he has really been – now, a lot of times kickers don't make it, even some of the younger guys. But we've seen Kate York, who was tremendous at LSU, make it with the Browns. But McPherson has, was really a big part of that run late last year for the Bengals to get him the Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's got an insane leg. Uh, could probably hit from like 65-plus, depending on the conditions. Um, but, yeah, McPherson just... He's a different guy. I mean, what kickers say, uh, I guess we're going to the AFC championship game before they go out there and kick it. I feel like they're normally superstitious and they're like, don't, don't talk to me, you know, anything like that. But he's, he's got a real confidence to him. Now, now, uh, Mike, when you're looking at um, like, uh, you know, a reflection of the head coach and and how the organization is run, how is the fan base? How do they treat Zach Taylor? Uh, Is a lot of second guessing. Because that's what this coach uh, show is. You know, we second-guess the Saints coaches, but uh, how are they uh, perceiving Zach Taylor and uh, higher expectations to get off the fastest start or, or, or what? Where are they at with him, and is he catching a lot of flack or what? Oh, I mean, after this week, yeah, he's definitely catching a lot of flack. I think everybody seems to like the culture he built and the team he built, but there are questions when it comes to some of the play calling as a head coach, which – can't blame him. He scores 17 points, and you've got what I think is the best wide receiver trio in the league, and you've got what you guys and I both think is a really good running back in Joe Mixon. So that's just kind of unacceptable. And what they did at the goal line was really the main culprit for any criticism. Uh, you know, one of the things with Joe, and we saw it here when he was at LSU, man, Joe is fearless in the pocket. And there's a good part to that and also a part of it that's going to get you hurt. Uh, he'll stand there until the last second for a receiver to make a play downfield. He's not getting any kind of break from running back, staying in the backfield to help him uh, from a pass protection standpoint. And if, if that's a flaw in Joe's game, it's that. 
He wants to hit the big play. He really does. He's worried about those big chunk plays because he's no he's got those type receivers that can do it. Have you seen a difference in Joe Burrow this year from last year? Because to me, he looks sort of like the same guy. That that part of him, he's never going to change. He's always going to try to hit the big play downfield, and that means a lot less shorter passes. Yeah, I 100% agree, and I think defenses are trying to catch on a little bit. They keep playing that real soft, deep zone, and eventually Burrow just, he really wants to hit that play, and I get it. He wants to put up some balls to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Sometimes it works, like against Miami, but the other times, like last night, he couldn't get anything deep, and he just seems... He seems bored and a little bit frustrated just taking six, seven-yard passes over and over. Just like, I, I want to hit that ball to Jamar Chase. I want to get some excitement. He's a big game hunter, and I get it. But he's got to hit the underneath stuff and make him come up a little bit so that he can really explode with the uh, deeper stuff. I agree, though. Yeah, he's. Uh, I like it. I know it's a flaw a little bit, but I do like my – I'd rather have my quarterback be a big game hunter than a guy that's afraid to take that shot. Well, one thing, he's big game hunter. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that gonna, part of him is never going to change. He's not going to back down there. <laughs> now, now, Mike, how about um, – because always – this just goes back to even when I was playing in the 80s, 90s. Uh, the Bengals organization was always uh, noted at, at the bottom of the totem pole, so to speak, as far as being cheap. Uh, <laughs> I, and I look at Mike Brown. The reason why I even bring this up, this caught my attention. And this is like 2022 – that Cincinnati finally addressed a need for an indoor facility, making plans for a practice bubble that's going to enable the Bengals to better prepare in the cold uh, Midwest winters. This is unbelievable that it's taking this long. So is that something that they realize, like, come on. They passed the collection plate. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, you can be frugal, <laughs> but it got to be, I mean, how can, and free agents, you know, how can you not have a, a, a practice bubble to get out of the elements? It's been a slow change, but I do think they're finally getting into the 21st century with this stuff, you know. Yeah, the practice bubble, it seemed like such an easy target for why do you not have this type thing, but they finally got it. They could shut that one up and start worrying about some of the other uh, criticisms that could be coming over cheap ownership. But I think actually uh, they sold the naming rights to the stadium, and I think that's going to help them a little bit with, you know, bringing in extra revenue so that they can do this because the owner, he's – he is cheap. He's cheaper than he needs to be, but he also he's one of the more poor owners, quote unquote. They're all like billionaires, but you know he's only got like one, while some guys have ten. Yeah. Now, Mike, um, when you look at where they're at right now, because I thought this is a big part of them having success and going to the Super Bowl. Uh, what is your perception? Have the Bengals have replicated the 2021 pass rush? I haven't looked at the numbers uh, closely enough. But where are they at right now compared to what they did last season, getting after last season, getting after the opposing quarterback? I think last season was a little bit better when they had Larry Ogunjobi in the middle. Now he's not there. So, and then DJ Reader gets hurt, their nose tackle, who was a pretty good pass rusher this season. Trey Hendrickson, he's still a dog. You know, that's that's. I think it lives and dies with him when they try to just rush four, which has its benefits and uh, warts, but. They also have a pretty good uh, blitz scheme. Whenever they get into third and longs and they want to blitz, they don't always do it, but when they want to send heat, they seem to always get a guy free. And uh, somebody put out a stat. It was like, well, how many pressures do you get versus how often you blitz? And the Bengals are at the top of how many pressures, how often it turns into a pressure. And they weren't too high on the 
uh, how often they blitz. So it's selective but effective, and then you've got Trey Hendrickson. Mike, thanks so much for joining us uh, this afternoon. Man, we really appreciate it, and we'll probably talk a little bit later during the week. All right, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mike Sanagata, who covers the Bengals for SI.com. He's also host of It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati podcast. We'll be back to finish it up here on Second Guest right after this break on the Big 870. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.